Well, here we are. Last Sunday ever on North Point Elementary School. I've been trying really hard to not uh, look anyone in the eye this morning. So <laughs> I don't cry, I guess. Uh, today we are going to give glory to God as we remember what he did here the last uh, 11 years. Uh, this will be a really different, uh, non-traditional uh, type of message. We're going to take a look back at many of the great funny, amazing, powerful stories that have happened here in the last uh, 11 years. As I said last week, this is the only place we have ever met, uh, which is actually pretty rare for a church plant. And my hope this morning is that God grows your faith through this process of looking back at what he did. Uh, Our key verse for this morning comes from uh, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9. Moses says this to the Israelites. He says, only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. And so the Israelites are about to enter the promised land and Moses is making sure that they do not forget. Don't forget what the Lord did when they were young kids and there were miracles happening in Egypt and the deliverance to the Red Sea and all the, the manna coming from heaven. He's just saying, whatever you do, don't forget. Don't forget what God did. Tell it to your kids. Tell it to your grandkids. And really, that, that's our goal, to remember what God did in this space. And I find, though, that sometimes it's harder to see God in the midst of our day-to-day lives. Uh, sometimes we're victims of our own present. Especially if you're in a tough season right now, and many of you are, in tough seasons we can get kind of um, narrowly focused into our current situation, right? And you say, oh, life's been so hard. Where are you, God? What's happening? And so the Bible is saying, well, sometimes you just need to be really intentional, really purposeful to just look back at what God has done. And if you do that, your faith will grow. And that, that is my hope for you during this service. Uh, before we go any further, I want to say a uh, special thank you to the Spring Lake Park School District uh, for letting us meet here for 11 years. They've really been one of the most uh, pro-church uh, districts in the suburbs, and we're just really grateful to them. Uh, thank you to uh, Colleen Peterson, who's the Director of Community Education and kind of oversees all the rental processes. Um, Colleen, thank you for uh, letting me get a meeting with you when I was 27 years old and said, I want to start a church in one of your buildings, and I promise people will come and we'll have money to pay you. And uh, thank you for that. Uh, Thank you to Sherry Lotz, who worked at the district uh, for almost the whole time we were there. It was just amazing at going to bat for our church uh, over and over again whenever issues came up. I became interested in planting a church in this building uh, actually back in 2008. Uh, we opened as a church in October of 2009, but this uh, building, you can see it on the plaque when you walk in, opened a year earlier as a brand new school in the community in the fall of 2008. In the summer of that year, they had an open house uh, for parents to kind of come in and take a look at the school. And I don't know if I've ever told you this before, but I actually snuck into the open house <laughs> and just gave myself a little tour. And I thought, okay, yeah, this 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 will work. And then we started talking to the school district uh, early in 2009. And a little known fact, actually, the school district really, really wanted to put Renovation Church at Westwood Intermediate School, um, which is kind of over by Northtown. But we just felt like, mm, no, our call, our call is here. And then on October 4th, 2009, we officially launched. 
And we had 308 people come to our, there was no social distancing, as you can see in that picture, uh, come to our grand opening of that day. Uh, but there were a ton of well-wishers and friends and family. And so we settled in as about a church of 100 people. And we began to reach and disciple people for Christ. But when you meet 554 times in a rented space that's not your own, uh, eventually you're going to have Sundays where things just go totally wrong. And I asked uh, Ryan Speck, who's led our setup and teardown team since the very beginning, to come up and tell you about one of those times in 2011 when uh, something just really went wrong. Um, so uh, every couple of years they have to redo the floors in the gym. And we knew about it ahead of time. We thought it was going to be all right. When I opened that door to walk into here, it smelled so bad, you would not believe. I mean, I was like thinking, what can we do? And I was like, well, we can open that door and put some fans and blow the air out and just try and get, you know, the smell out. But I grabbed the first chair rack from the storage room back here, and I drug it across the floor, and I put lines all the way across the floor. All the bubbled up finish, and I'm like, we're not going to be able to meet here. <laughs> and, you know, all the chair dents and everything, like, we're going to ruin their, their brand new floor that they just did. Uh, so I called David. And we had to go and meet in the cafeteria that week, which was uh, super fun. And uh, I just remember, you know, having to carry that staging so much longer, some, such a longer distance. And, uh, and then the biggest challenge we faced was, since David back then used to love to just pace around, we couldn't do front projection for the projector, so we had to put it behind. Well, we needed 12 feet of space. And... To get that 12 feet of space, I just remember going like halfway down the janitorial hallway to put the projector, and uh, I mean, you know what? We had a place to worship, and it worked out great. I just remember talking to David, too, of how we're going to fit all the chairs in there and get enough chairs for people, but it worked out great, and uh, it was kind of a fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants kind of morning, but I'd have to say that's kind of every week here. <laughs> um, but before I get down, I just do want to say that... Uh, um, this church has been such a blessing to me, and uh, as sad as it is to see this chapter close, I'm so excited to see what God does at the building, and, uh, and just amen. There, there was a woman that day after the service in the cafeteria came up to me, and she's like, it just looks, it's so much better in here. It looked awful, by the way. <laughs> she's like, it's so much better, and I just thought... Is always one. Oh, every, every time. Right? You just cannot win. Uh, as we've been saying the last couple of weeks, we're just so grateful for our volunteers that just served here so much over the last 11 years, especially our setup and teardown teams that have allowed for us to even have uh, a service here. Uh, this is indeed a completely empty gym uh, before 7 in the morning. It takes a ton of work to get ready and to take down every single week. And so throughout the years, one of the things that we did to honor our setup and teardown teams and to help recruit more people for them is a number of times throughout the years, we made kind of fast motion time-lapse videos of their work. And right now we're going to show you one of them. We're going to go all the way back to 2012, and you can take a look at kind of what it used to look like. So take a look. If you've ever watched Ryan Speck work, he actually moves that fast, so that's <laughs> we kept him in real time. Uh, one of the things that we've really appreciated about meeting here over the years, and one of the things, honestly, we'll kind of miss in our new building, is just the sheer amount of extra space we have here. 
You know, when we, mow, when we go over to the building, we can seat, I think, something like 150 to 200 more people in our worship center. And that is a big, big deal. And this has always kind of been a limitation for us in this space. But this building as a whole, in terms of square footage, is significantly bigger than our building will be, right? And even outside, there's a 10-acre lacrosse field right attached to the building. Well, it's not literally attached, but you get the idea. Now, over the years, we've really been able to use this space to our advantage. Uh, one of the first times I remember us actually doing so was in 2011 at our Good Friday service, and we actually did this in 2014 as well. We did a special service where we called it the last steps of Christ, and we take about 10 or 15 people out of the service at a time, and we walk them over to the media center and over by the kids' rooms, and we literally blindfolded them, and then we walked them through the dramatic experience of the last steps of Christ, and they heard the arrest of Jesus and the trial and, and even his death. And I just remember running out of blindfolds at the end of the event because people kept soaking through them with their tears. We were able to use the space. In 2014, uh, Rachel Cheney sent me an email that would change the trajectory of our church, and for some of you, uh, your lives. Uh, she had heard of another church who had done an Easter egg hunt and had had some great success with it. And she said, I think we should give this a try and find a way to make this work. And we thought, we don't want to just do an Easter egg hunt. There's plenty of fun events you can go to throughout the community. We want to use this for the gospel to share the name of Jesus. And so in 2015, we had our very first Easter egg hunt outreach. A little known fact, that year, our plan was to actually drop the Easter egg Easter eggs out of a helicopter? I'm not, I'm not lying to you. We think big here at Renovation Church. But the school district wouldn't let us, which is ridiculous. I think it would have been fine, but uh, oh well. Well, after that first year in 2015, when the egg hunt was a big success, we thought, wow, we could really blow this up to something else. And so we put a ton of money into marketing and just spreading the word in 2016. And then we added a Saturday night service for the first time for that Easter weekend. And we thought, okay, Maybe we can have 60, 65, 70 people go to that Saturday service, and that'll spread out the crowds a little bit on a Sunday. I asked uh, Rachel Cheney, who's been overseeing all of our events for years now, to come up and tell you what happened at that fateful Saturday night service in 2016. Uh, hi. As Pastor David mentioned, you know, we were expecting 60, 70 people. At that time, our regular services were not um, significantly larger than that, and so because of that, our systems all around were just kind of simplified, and at the time, I was a children's pastor, and for that service, I was helping with check-in. We had two lines, one for regular renovation attenders and one for new families, and um, to our surprise, we had about 362 people show up, um, most of them not renovation people, so most of them in the new person line, and uh, that line went from all the way, not social distanced, from our regular check-in down the hallway all the way to these women's restrooms right here at the opening of the gym, which is really long, <laughs> and it took us about 45 minutes of a 60-minute service to check in all of those families. And I remember sitting at the computer, checking in families as fast as I could, feeling so overwhelmed. And um, my one and only niece, who doesn't come to our church, came to the event, so she was in my line. And she got up to me, and I knew who she was, but for the life of me, I just couldn't remember her name because I was so just spent. And uh, after checking in everyone, I ran back to a classroom. If you were a tender of renovation that we knew. I think we probably just threw you into a classroom as well to help out. And I went into the yellow classroom, which is like one of our smallest rooms. And we, it was designated for three and four-year-olds. We had 60 three and four-year-olds in this little room. It was like chaos. And thankfully they all went home and, um, 
We had uh, Pastor David, Ryan Speck, a few other leaders, and I, right after that service, we just sat in the library and said, okay, this did not work. Our systems are not ready. Um, We just talked and recreated all of our systems so we could uh, just handle what could happen for this event. And thankfully, the next morning, everything went significantly more smoothly. I spent that night just re-updating everything and calling, I think, every renovation kids volunteer, asking them to come help that next day. And um, all of our events over the years have gone a lot more smoothly. But from that experience, we just got better at asking the what-if question and being prepared for that. We, we literally pulled every single person who attended our church into a kid's classroom. It's like, do you like kids? I hate kids. I don't care. Get in the classroom, right? It's pretty much, I preached to a room of, I think, like 200, 250 people, and none of them, except for the people at the AV table in the back, went to our church, and nobody laughed at my jokes, and it was a really awful experience, but we saw some people come to Christ, so that was good. Um, no, but we, just, we started to see people come to Christ from these events. And so we said, the Lord is using this. It's crazy it is. So let's, let's do more of it. And it was around that time that we started Family Fun Day as well. Uh, I came up with the idea to rent billboards all over the North Metro that just said freecheesecurds.com. Uh, and then it redirected to our website. <laughs> <laughs> just information about our outreach event. And it wasn't really that awesome the first year. We had uh, just three food trucks out in the kind of front drive here by the parking lot. We didn't have inflatables or anything. And then we just kept growing that a year after year. And many of you came to Christ at family fun days over the years. Uh, then there are a number of other events we did where maybe this is when you came to our church or many of you, maybe it's when you came to Christ. Let's t- I want to take a look back at some of the fun things that we did. So in early 2015, uh, we actually did a wedding drama uh, where we shared the gospel. Shout out to Chris and, Chris and Blatchley for getting married a couple times that day. Uh, we gave away free Chipotle burritos, which was uh, great. Uh, we did, we used to do like a Mother's Day outreach where you'd come and you could get a free family photo, which was really cool. Uh, there's a young West Fody there. That's great. Uh, we, for many years, did an event in February called Polar Picnic, uh, and we would do free Jimmy John sandwiches in the cafeteria. Uh, one year we had a horse-drawn uh, wagon ride, basically, and I... I don't know if anyone remembers this, but I'm pretty sure it was at least 400 below that, that day. It was awful, but people came to Christ. Uh, we would do th- things at Christmas. Uh, one year we had this awesome uh, nativity scene. There I am with uh, Mary and, and Joseph and the baby Jesus uh, who came for the event. Um, just uh, amazing. Shout out to Brian Lydon who made that amazing uh, nativity scene there. Uh, one of my personal favorites was uh, Culver's. Uh, we had Culver's Custard and character Culver's and Characters. We had Paw Patrol was here, uh, Spider-Man. We had Captain America. We've done carnivals. We had a petting zoo. And then uh, even two weeks before COVID hit, we were still doing this. Uh, of course, uh, the lovely characters from uh, Frozen were here. And here's the thing. You might look at this and go, oh, I remember all those fun events and when that was there. At every single one of those events, we saw people come to Jesus. Every single one. This is an amazing And of course, throughout the year, you know, our lives are being changed. God was moving in our hearts, and we saw people come to Christ all, all throughout the year in these 11 years. And I want to take a look now at a video of some of the testimonies of what God has done in this gym. I'll take a look. The Sunday of our baptism, uh, we went to church as normal, except for that Sunday, Pastor David decided to ask if there was anybody who wanted to stand up and give their life to Christ. Without hesitation, I stood up. And for the first time, I felt like 
I truly believed something with my entire heart. And then, of course, it came time. He asked people that wanted to give their lives to Christ to, to stand up. And I was just sitting there and just, again, this feeling, you know. And then it kind of hit me, and it was like, this is God. God is telling me, this is Nancy. This is what you're supposed to do. I brought you here today, you know, to come to me, you know, give your life to Christ. And I stood up and then opened my eyes. I found out that my husband had stuck as well. We went into the gym and we listened to Pastor David's Rooted in Faith message from that day. And when he called for anyone who felt like he was speaking directly to them to stand up and give their life to Christ, without even thinking, I was on my feet. It was like the biggest no-brainer that I had ever encountered. That's when I really understood that even though he knew how I would turn away from him, and I would blame him for things that went wrong in my life, even accuse him of not caring about me or my family, Jesus Christ still went to the cross and sacrificed himself for me. It was like, you know, if you are ready to make this decision, and you know, and to just raise your hand right now. And, you know, I just felt that, like, it was like my ears were buzzing. Like, you can't, you know, just like, can't really focus on anything. And, and it, you know, it's like, just, you know, it's just between you and God and just, and you know, just like raising my hand was, you know. I mean, that was like a life-changing thing. Like, I can't, you know, really describe how, I mean, that's, that was just amazing to, and I just think of where I am today versus where I was four years ago is like crazy to think of that. Can't even express the, the gratitude of, of just renovation and, you know, the people here and just everybody coming alongside us and, and just helping us to, to grow. <laughs> it's been uh, just really encouraging to my faith personally this week just to take time to look back at this um it's a powerful thing and you know it's something that the bible recommends to us often Uh, even especially if you're in a hard place take a look at psalm 77 you're going to see in the first couple verses that the author is is in a tough season you read the psalms and they're they're real they're really real psalm 77 verse 7 says this will the lord reject forever will he never show his favor again Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? And this person's struggling. Now watch the turn here. This is how they're sort of pulling themselves out. And then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God. And I I think this is a spiritual discipline of remembering that we often lack in our fast-paced, always-running culture. It's the spiritual discipline of looking backwards and remembering what God has done. You know, we've done a lot of things uh, on this stage over the last 11 years, but I think perhaps the greatest thing 
that we ever did uh, occurred in the fall of 2017. That fall, we brought up on stage a number of people that had been saved at Renovation Church. Uh, In fact, we brought up one for each full year of ministry we had had at the time. And I feel like that video encapsulates what the Lord did at this school more than anything else. And so I want you to take a look at it. I'm going to introduce you in just a second to some people from our church who've been saved by the ministry of Renovation Church because this is exactly what the future people in our building will look like when God saves them. I'm going to bring some people on stage, people that many of you perhaps know very well that have been saved at Renovation Church. We're going to bring up one person from each of the eight years of our ministry. I'd like to ask uh, Jay Fontaine uh, to come on stage. Jay was the very first person to come to Christ at Renovation Church seven and a half years ago. Uh, Jay did not grow up in a Christian home, but he started coming to church to support his wife, Kelly, who was praying for him constantly that he would become a Christian. On January 17th, 2010, I gave one of my first invitations ever for people to accept Christ. Uh, Back then, I just asked people, I was too scared, I just asked people just to mark a card. And Jay did to commit his life to Christ, and his life has never been the same. He's volunteering here practically every week. He's in a band today. He's gone to Haiti multiple times. Jay is a true world changer because of the ministry of this church. Now, in those early years, we saw only a handful of people come to Christ in the first couple of years. In fact, uh, almost all of those that were saved from 2011 now live uh, in different states, uh, Maryland, California. Uh, one of those people that was saved by our church in 2011 uh, was uh, Gavin Rice, who's uh, now, many of you know, is now changing the world for, for Christ in Oakland, uh, California. I brought a photo of, of Gavin. You know, Gavin grew up thinking that God didn't even exist. He started to open up his heart a little bit to God, and then his brother was tragically killed in a car accident. He completely closed his heart to God. And then, in the coming years, a few Christian friends started to talk to Gavin about God. His friend Ryan Burnham invited him to Renovation Church, and his faith started and took off. It was 2011. I'd like to invite up uh, Eric Ehoff to the stage. Eric started coming to Renovation in 2011 when his girlfriend invited him. Up until then, he grew up not giving church or God basically any thought. He barely spent any time whatsoever inside a church. But after coming to Renovation for a year, after God did some pretty miraculous things in his life, Eric gave his life to Christ right here in this room on Easter 2012. Eric is now married to Nina, the woman who invited him, and he's also the father, the Christian father of two twin boys. I'd like to invite up uh, Nancy Miller. You know, for years, Nancy was feeling the emptiness of life until one cold day in January of 2013, God started a three-month process of just intensely pursuing her. That cold day in January, she was driving on Highway 10, 
and she saw a billboard that said, need a sign from God? Here it is, Renovation Church. And she thought it was funny. (laughs) And so she came. And what happened was in the services over the next three months, God started to speak deeply into her heart about his incredible, unconditional love. And that love just became so strong in her heart that she actually one day, she called her friend who was a Christian from an Arby's parking lot and turned her life over to Jesus right there on the phone. I'd like to call up uh, Jacob Berthium. You know, Jacob began attending our church uh, way back in 2011. Jacob was never an atheist, always a believer in God, but was just never at a point when he had surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. And renovation provided him with the foundation and the knowledge of who Jesus really was. And in 2014, he completely surrendered his life to God, and God has set him free from addiction and completely changed his life. I'd like to invite up uh, Kelly Anderson. Kelly, like many of these people, did not grow up uh, going to church. Even on holidays, she didn't go to church. And yet there was something inside of her that always believed in God. She just didn't know. Like so many people in our city, she just didn't know that she could have a relationship with him. In 2015, God started to plant seeds uh, all over her life. Uh, One day on uh, Facebook, uh, Jenny Eastman from our church actually invited her to Family Fun Day. Kelly came for the cheese curds. But 45 minutes into the service, she found herself with tears streaming down her face, standing up and giving her life to Jesus Christ. And God has moved mightily through her life in the last two years. Because somebody told her about Jesus. Uh, I'd like to invite up Melissa Casanova. You know, a, a few years ago, uh, Melissa came upon some really difficult times in her life. And she was struggling to know what to do. And so she decided that she would just start praying to God. And that led her to try church. She came here for the first time in Easter 2016. That Sunday, she says that she literally felt God grab her arm and pull her up out of her chair and stand to give her life to Christ. And she's just so excited about what God has done and transformed in her life in the last year and a half that she's just constantly sharing about God now with her kids and with the people around her. And I'd like to invite up Brandis Mager. Brandis had been struggling with depression for just over 10 years and was in a constant search for what would fix it. This spring, her son started asking her about church, about baptism and other topics. So they did what any American would do nowadays, and they Googled it. Um, And they looked up churches. And God led her here back in May, what was the very last week of our hope series, and it happened to be the day that I was giving the gospel and an invitation. Now, of that moment, Brandis will tell you, as she held her breath and she nervously stood, 
But as soon as she let out her breath, an amazing sense of peace and calm like she had never felt before washed over her. And the feelings of loneliness and depression that had plagued her for 10 years were gone. Now listen, we could have put a whole ton of people up here because this, this, this is what God is doing at this church. And this is what we're going to see more of. That's what this is about. Not numbers, but about people. People like this. People found. People saved. People redeemed. Marriages saved. Children that are now growing up in homes where they're following Jesus Christ. Eternities forever changed. And this is why we sacrifice. That's why we're asking you. Because there's more of this. When we sacrifice, when we're generous, it's a river of grace that God moves through us. It changes lives. It changes the world. Will you let God move through you to be a world changer this week? And you did. You did. Well done. I, uh... I can't watch that video without tearing up. Um, I mean, how many times do we, how many times do I stand up here and say, hey, there are 50,000 people in Blaine that don't know Christ, and we've seen this many people come to Christ? It's people. It's real people. It's real kids, real spouses, real lives. So many have been touched by the Holy Spirit in this gym. Just, it's amazing. As we finish our time here at North Point, we know this is not the end of our church, right? We're just getting started. This is the end of a chapter, a great chapter, but a new one is coming. And I believe what you saw and what we talked about today is just a glimmer of what will come because we expect God will do even greater things in the next chapter. I want to say thank you. I love this church. I really do. I love the people of this church. It's just so sacrificing. I love you guys. Thank you for your faith. Thanks for getting up at six in the morning to come put this together so people could hear about Jesus. Thanks for serving seven services on an Easter weekend. Thank you. And I, I think as our hearts have been stirred, it's, it's good for us, it's appropriate for us to just transition back into worship and just worship our God. Give him the glory and him the credit. Let me pray as we get ready to do that. God, we, we thank you for what you did here. You have been with this church from the moment we first set our feet in this gym God, until the time that we pack up our trailer one final time, you have been with us this entire chapter. You did it, Lord. And we praise you, and we give you the glory. And God, as we end this chapter, we ask that you be with us in the next. God, I ask that you be with our churches. We've got to just go online for a little while. We know that's hard. We know it's not easy. God, I pray that you keep us together during this interim season. And then, Lord, when we move into that building next year and we open up the next chapter of our church's life, Lord, I ask 
that you do the impossible through this church. We believe you can do it. It's your name we pray. Amen.